there, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond. Today is January 3rd, 2021, and this is the first official show of Gameplay Radio in the new year. Uh, we made it. Um, hello. <laughs> I hope that you all enjoyed the last few weeks of content, but I am here back recording for you with a brand new mic, a brand new setup, and yes, that's right, a brand new theme song. That's right, the music that you just heard is in fact the official Gameplay Radio intro music. I'm really so excited. I commissioned this over the course of the end of the year, uh, and I think it just turned out fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to uh, Jasula, who created the music. You can find out more about her and her music at jasula.com, or follow her on Twitter at Jasula Music. So uh, go check that out, and thank you so, so much for your incredible efforts and I'm really excited to add this to the Gameplay Radio arsenal. For those who don't know what's happening, my name is Erin. I am your host here uh, at this gaming radio show uh, that we do on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, where we play a number of different games. But it's the beginning of the year, and I thought it would be nice to start the year by playing a game just one-on-one -on -one with you, my lovely listeners, no guests this week, just me, just kind of re-exploring and re-getting into the idea and the feel of telling stories and what that means for me and um, what that means for you um, and all the different ways that they can be played. So today I am playing a solo RPG, so I am playing this on my own. Technically, this is a game that can be played for one to five players, but there is no game master, so there really isn't that much guidance that's needed, and it's actually like a one-page thing, and you can really make it anything that you want. The game that I'm going to be playing today is called Interstellar Errands. It was written by Josh Giesbrecht. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> uh, it just is a lovely little game where you play a space person um, with a tiny alien mentor who has requested that you go on a mission for them. And I, 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 I thought this sounded adorable. Um, it was actually, when I was thinking of what game to play for the beginning of this year, I got really worked up and like worried and serious about like, oh, what should I play? It needs to be engaging and interesting, but it also needs to be like challenging to the narratives of society and it also but it also needs to be fun and I don't want to scare people away and I just had this whole thought process I had like 50 tabs open for different games I wanted to play and then I just had a moment where I was like or I said this to myself I said Aaron you're overthinking it there's so many incredible games to play out there but why not for just this one what you want to do is have fun what I want to do is have a little bit of fun at the beginning of this year to kind of remind myself that these games are fun and enjoyable and are really ways for me to continue to tell stories with you all and on my own as well. Um, and they can be stories that challenge the narrative, that are inspiring, that are interesting, or that are just plain fun. 
So um, I thought I would take this moment to kind of go through this practice and inspire you guys to hopefully do the same. So thank you all for being here with me on Gameplay Radio. I'm really excited to get into this, so let's not chat for too much longer. But before we get into game, as always, we have a couple of announcements for the radio station, because we are a radio station, um, including our first announcement from uh, the lovely group City Running Tours. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with the locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City and check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. So there you have it. Um, as always, the pandemic is not over. So if you go out, please wear a mask, wear a mask, wear that mask. And this isn't just in New York City. This is in other locations as well. So if you want to see what other cities they have on city running tours, you should check them out. Also, in case you forgot, Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. So as it has been for so many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us to stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. Uh, please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Ayo. Uh, please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Um, Thank you in advance. You donating to Radio Free Brooklyn helps me to stay on the air so I can continue to uh, tell stories with you. Also, if you are getting into the habit of going out walking and want to take Radio Free Brooklyn with you on the go, uh, you should consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Uh, so you don't have to be... Uh, tied down to your computer um, if you want to go out and still listen to us as you're going out and taking your walk. Uh, go on out while you're listening to this and take a walk, you know, if it's a nice day or if you uh, need a bit breath of fresh air. Um, I have been inside mostly for the last two weeks, but um, I have to admit that, you know, you open the windows and hey, fresh air is actually good for you. What do you know? Uh, but okay, <laughs> uh, I think we should probably get into some game here because the clock is ticking. So let's do that thing. So as I mentioned before, uh, the game I'm playing today is a solo role-playing game called Interstellar Errands. It was created by Josh Giesbrecht. Uh, it is a GM-less, so that's a game master-less space opera role-playing game for one to five players. So you can play it with a group or you can play it on your own. Uh, today I'm playing it on my own, um, but it's it's really simple <laughs> to play with other people if you want to. And essentially, you all you need are uh, a six-sided dice, 
And if you have it, a 20-sided dice, but to be honest, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, it works exactly the same. Uh, the premise, the idea is that you are going to be, or I am going to be, my character is going to be going out into this into the universe in order to run an errand for my tiny mentor. Um, it says tiny specifically on the game page, so uh, tiny they will be. And uh, essentially I'm going to go out, I'm going to have this experience, and depending on how things go, what obstacles I meet, and how successful I am at uh, completing them, uh, we will move farther up to 20 or down or lower down to 20. And the idea is that the game is over when I reach uh, the number 20. Uh, I'm sure it'll make more sense when we get started. It's actually extremely simple, but I do have a 20-sided dice, so I'll just use that to keep tabs on where I am and uh, a d6 to help me tell the story. So we're gonna be doing that. All right. So the first part of this game is character creation. The things that they tell you to do, it's really simple. There are three parts. It's select one thing your character is really good at, select a special resource your character has, and create some details about your mentor and why they're important to you. Now, I've already done all of this because <laughs> I was I was really excited to play this game uh, and I wanted to get into the storytelling. So I'll just tell you a little bit about my character. I'm, I'm really excited for my character. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's been a while since I've uh, played a game. So I got really into it. All right. My character's name is Mirin. His pronouns are he, him. He's a typical space human. He has short cropped hair and painted green lips because that's the fashion in space. I've decided for humans. He is really good at manipulating space-time. So because uh, space kind of warps time the farther you are from it, um, people, some people have the capability to kind of blend and bend time to kind of affect the way things are going, maybe to um, you know, make something go a little faster, slow something down so you have more time to think about it, maybe catch a glimpse into the past. You know, um, I don't think people can necessarily change the past, but you can um, perhaps overlap them a little bit, have them kind of affect each other in small ways. Um, and it's kind of an interesting thing that uh, Mirren is good at. Um, his special resource is a laser boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, he just has a laser boomerang, you know? It's a boomerang that has like a laser edge to it, so it's like ridged with lasers, um, and it has, you know, point accuracy, and um, it like kind of, it has like a magnetic lock onto like a wristbands that uh, Mirren has, so he can just like whip, like, you know, throw it, and it'll come right back to his wrist, because um, that's that's what it does. Hell yeah. Okay. Now for the tiny mentor. So I got really into this part of the character creation. So my tiny mentor is also uses he, him pronouns. Uh, he is pink. He has five arms and braided hair. And he is important to Mirren because uh, he rescued Mirren from a ship that was taking him to an alien prison for mutiny. Uh, you see, Mirren had stopped his captain from gambling the ship and their lives away, um, and the captain was quite angry about that. Uh, and because Mirren was really on the ship 
it was it was a cargo vessel, so uh, Marin was really just trying to make ends meet at that point, just trying to um, kind of figure his way in the world. He's kind of um, on the younger adult side of the human life line, and uh, he was at his point in his life where he was trying to figure things out, and he was on this job, and he just was like, no, this isn't right. And he stood up for himself, but the captain has a gambling addiction <laughs> and decided to uh, take it out and call mutiny and like accuse everyone on a ship of mutiny for not letting him do what he wanted. So uh, Marin got to, was on a ship heading to prison. His tiny mentor showed up and rescued him from that. So Marin is now staying with his mentor's family uh, as he learns how to like learn like kind of have a little bit of self-reflection to kind of understand like what happened to him, but also to like learn how to better use his space-time abilities to kind of feel the directional flow of the universe and hopefully in that part learn where Mirren's place is in it. So that's what Mirren's up to. But of course, Mirren has to, I mean, he has this intense gratitude, you know, he was rescued by this by this little mentor and he really needs to I mean he will do anything for this mentor so um when he asks Mirren to go help um he does <laughs> so uh yeah that's 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 what we're doing today this is the the setup and um next we are going to figure out what Mirren has to go find so let's see. There are so there's like a couple of tables here that you roll your six-sided dice with to kind of figure out um, what it is the mentor needs for training. So I'm going to roll this d6 to find figure out what the mentor needs. So let's roll that real quick. I got a six. So it's some kind of sci-fi unusual creature. Interesting, interesting. Maybe it's some sort of creature that has like, I, you know, listen, it's not the force, but like maybe this creature has some innate space-time capabilities of their own. And uh, Mirren is going to find it on a planet covered with, and I'm gonna roll my six-sided dice again. I got a one, uh, which means that this planet is covered with a forest. And it does say that we can roll again for each and create as many specific details as we have time for. I might add another aspect to the planet then, so it's not just a forest, but let's see. All right, I got a three, so it also has towering cities. So it has forests and towering cities. I'm even going to say that the um, the towering cities are a part of the forest. So they, they have, uh, civilizations there have grown and discovered a way to um, manipulate and like ask and request of the trees to uh, become these like great you know buildings like with like they like they're all naturally grown buildings essentially like there is no construction it's only growth and uh, that is the way that these towering civilizations are so tall because they uh, have fostered and and grown these trees to be this these beautiful things so um that's the planet. <laughs> um, and I am making these up as I go. So this is this is all in my head. And this is all just based on what I feel like it being. So yay storytelling. Okay, uh, next up, we of course have to have an obstacle to Mirren's tale. 
So uh, we're going to roll the six-sided dice again to see what he has to overcome. I got a four. Ooh, so he has to overcome a cunning bounty hunter. Okay, okay, all right. I like it. And I think we're gonna leave it, we're not going to add another obstacle. So let's move right into the adventuring. So here's how it works. We have our 20-sided dice and we're going to set it to one. Okay, that's been done. Uh, it says we need to progress to 20 to complete the adventure. Um, I'm going to, so if you have more than one person playing this game, you all take turns rolling a six-sided dice to determine an outcome. And then we describe how events are played out leading to that outcome. Um, because it's just me, I'll be doing all the roles and telling the whole story. Depending on how many players you have, maybe you have multiple characters, or maybe you're all playing one character and telling that one character's story together. I think you could do that any way you want to. Okay, so Mirren has landed on this planet of forests and towering cities in search of an unusual creature. Yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens to him. We're gonna roll this six-sided dice and see what we get. Okay, I got a three. And when I roll a three on this table, it says another obstacle is introduced. Ah, shit. Um, it says roll on the obstacle table and subtract one. Now the rules here say that the progress can never go below one. So that's gonna stay there for now, but we do need to roll on the table again to do another obstacle, which, you know, I was trying to avoid, but you know, so it goes. Okay, we got a two this time. We also have to overcome a bizarre monster. Oh no. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so I think this is this is starting to take shape here. So essentially with the obstacles that we have, uh, we land on this planet and um, technically Mirren is still, um, you know, he was still, he was supposed to go to a prison. So perhaps there is, um, now that he has uh, left the safety of his mentor's home, a, a bounty hunter has shown up and they are looking for him i don't i'm not sure if he knows where this bounty hunter is yet but i'm pretty sure that the bounty hunter is following him as we speak as for the bizarre monster i imagine that this creature that Marin is looking for is outside of the jurisdiction of these towering cities so um he okay i've got it i've got it so he asked for help so we asked for he asked for information about this um, creature or about this unusual creature for from um, the uh, archivists, the intellectual uh, students of the planet living in this city, and uh, that's where the Cunny Bounty Hunter found him. But not before he learned that there was this creature who they have a symbiotic relationship with this unusual creature. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if I have a good sense of what this creature looks like yet, but I'm sure we will soon. So uh, we have that on our plate and now let's roll again. Okay, I've got a five on the adventure table. You use your unique skill in a brilliant way. Add four, fuck yeah, okay. So we're going to move our D20 from a one to a five, yep. Or if you're using a pen and paper, you just write down a five, one, yay math. Great. And so now we have to kind of tell a story about how uh, Mirren is using his unique skill in a brilliant way. So again, the skill that he has is manipulating space-time. Now I did add the 
caveat here that it's harder to blend time while on a planet because uh, space is more malleable in, like, time is more malleable in space. And when you're on a planet, uh, planets have a very strong directional timeline. So it's not as uh, loopy as you might feel. There are still catches, but it takes more strength to manipulate. So let's see how we use the resource. I'm going to say that um, Mirren uses the, the resource because as he's doing this this uh, research in this planet archivist's tower, he realizes that this bounty hunter is looking for him and is following him. And he... Hmm. Okay, this is such an asshole move, but I'm going to say that he uses uh, his space time to slow down the assistance of uh like uh, like to, to kind of slow the the movement of time for anyone who was within the archivist tower so when the bounty hunter arrives to gather intel on where Marin is headed he uh this bounty hunter has a really difficult time uh getting any sort of help whatsoever because everyone in that tower is just moving really slowly like very slowly just for i mean a brief period of time and i think Marin does break out a bit of a sweat doing this but uh he 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 only slows time down for them so uh this bounty hunter can't figure out what to do so there we go let's keep on going Marin has escaped and is now out of the city headed towards the forest let's roll our dice here to see what happens next okay we've got a four you advance with the help of an ally or a teammate. Add three. Nice. Okay, so now our five is an eight. Moving right along here. Let's see. Who does Marin find as an ally? So as Marin is escaping the archivist tower and escaping this bounty hunter, um, he sees... He, he is approached by the master gunner who was operating as protection for the cargo on the ship where Marin was working when he uh, basically committed mutiny on the captain. And uh, it's this, like, an, a, like another, like a human woman, um, one of the only other uh, humans who was on board the vessel. And she finds him and... Well, at first she's surprised to see that he made it out, and but she doesn't go into detail about how she made it out herself. Uh, she was always kind of like the type of space human who kept to herself. She was clearly someone who had um, a lot of, a bit of a mysterious past, you might say. Uh, and Mirren, you know, he tried to be a little chatty with her, but she wasn't interested. So he went on along his business, but uh, they run into each other and this this ally we'll call her kit sees mirin and tells mirin that she owes him a favor and that she's ready to cash it in so uh kit help helps smuggle mirin out of the city and she has this kind of um like hover motorcycle type scenario she is now uh, with him and helping him and Mirren is very grateful. Okay, let's roll again. 
we have ourselves a three. Oh, another obstacle is introduced? God damn it. Okay. So we have to subtract one from our from our progress. So now we're back at seven. And uh, now I have to roll on the obstacle thing again. Okay, so we have to overcome a dangerous past. Interesting. Okay, um, I like this. because So I've already kind of, I've detailed a dangerous past for Mirren. And that's already really come into play with the bounty hunter. But I think maybe Kit has a dangerous past. Uh, she obviously has her secrets. Maybe getting out of the forest city isn't as easy as either of them thought it would be. As they ride out of the towering city, we notice that, like, Marin notices that Kit starts to kind of seem like she's struggling a little bit. And Marin asks what's wrong, and Kit tries to shrug him off. But as they continue to ride, Marin sees that Kit's skin is changing and it's becoming... Like, the further away they ride from the city, the more Kit's skin becomes, like, changing. It's becoming scaly. And you can, and Marin can see that Kit is breathing hard. And it looks like the farther she is from civilization, the more she is, she is becoming this creature thing. And as she becomes more, less and less of herself, she pulls over the bike and um, hops off. And as she kind of suddenly starts transforming into this kind of lizard-like beast. She lets out this kind of like roaring howl sounds and you hear this kind of, it was almost like a call and response because as she does so, you hear this, Mirren hears this kind of calling sound responding back to Kit and all of a sudden Mirren feels that he is in danger. Yo, he's gonna get out of this one. Let's roll on the adventure thing again. Okay, we have a six. You use your resource in a brilliant way. Nice. Okay, so we get to add five to our progress. So that's a 12. So uh, Mirren, seeing the way Kit is suddenly overwhelmed by her alien reptilian past. <laughs> He reaches out to Kit's uh, mind, and he he tries to uh, because because it, this transformation has just occurred. He kind of pulls, try to pulls back her her consciousness, kind of trying to kind of draw a connection from the echoes of uh, her human consciousness back into her kind of reptilian body, so she has this kind of un like kind of better control over herself and her capabilities and as he does so i mean he kind of holds them together like um like pinching a piece of cloth in his hands and he holds this together for her and um kit even though she still maintains her transformation she has this this capability to kind of she has a better comprehension of what just happened and even though kit can no longer speak she can she she has retained her her human memory and um she she somehow makes a, fo a follow me gesture and starts running off into the forest and Mirren follows after her okay let's roll again we got ourselves a two a two on the adventure chart says you make small progress 
versus your obstacle. Add one. Great. Okay, small progress. We're going to make that a 13 now. We're moving right along there. Okay, so we've, we've had several obstacles now. I'm going to say what we've dealt with the bounty hunter. You know, the, the, the obstacle that we're working on is, let's see, small progress versus our obstacle. We do still have this monster that we're going to have to deal with here. I think maybe part of the maybe part of the obstacle with this monster was that uh, this monster was um, very difficult to find in in this forest. Uh, so I, you know, it's this it's this underground monster that kind of lives underground, but as uh, they live or as they hunt, they reach these kind of you know tendrils out of out of the ground. Um, and like catch their prey and drag them back onto the ground. So it's always very difficult to know where this creature is located. As Kit and Mirren progress through the forest, they discover that they're, um, they find, and especially with Kit's like heightened senses, uh, they are able to kind of discover kind of a trail of little holes where uh, the monster has recently been hunting and they, uh, make that kind of progress and also logically think that hey maybe this bizarre monster has recently been hunting and won't be as hungry wouldn't that be nice so they are on the way that way small progress <laughs> okay let's roll again we have ourselves a five. Oh. Uh... <laughs> so i've been so i've been reading these a little bit wrong i just realized that now so uh Five on the chart, five on the adventure chart says you use your unique skill in a brilliant way and you add four. Whereas if it were a six, it was you use your unique resource in a brilliant way. So um, our skill is of course the manipulating space time, but the resource is the laser boomerang. So I had the switch. So um, for now, I'm going to say that five is you use your unique resource which is the laser boomerang because i want to get that into action a little bit so regardless of whether or not you read the rules correctly or you don't i'm supposed to add four so i'm gonna add four now and i'm at oh gosh a 17 we're getting really close you guys but either way yep yeah, so we're going to this time we're going to use our laser boomerang in a brilliant way so uh let's see as we're going through the forest as mirin and kit are going through the forest Niren is going to I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Mirren is going to they're going to locate like one of the larger holes in the ground where this monster has been hunting. And Mirren is going to use uh his boomerang to kind of aim it in through the hole and kind of try to hit the monster and get it back out the other side because uh, Mirren has been made aware of the fact through his uh, uh, research research at the archive earlier in this adventure, he learned that um, the unusual creature that he's looking for lives. Is it too gross for me to say that I want it to be in the belly of the beast? I kind of want this monster to be slain. <laughs> 
let's go with it, I guess. All right. Um, we're we're just we're just saying yes today. So, in the in the spirit of saying yes, this unusual creature that we're looking for lives in the belly of this monster. So, uh, we have to kill it. Mirren throws his boomerang into the hole, and with that with that aim and knowledge, like it takes a while. So the laser boomerang doesn't come back immediately, but after a while, that like it hits. And Mira knows it hits because uh, the the magnetic wrist thing where the boomerang usually sits kind of vibrates a little. Um, and we hear uh, a great wriggling under the earth as it does so. Okay, let's roll again and see if we can fight this thing. Okay, we got ourselves a two on the adventure chart, which means you make small progress versus your obstacle. We're going to add one. So that's, um, now we have an 18 moving right along. Um, it's small progress versus the obstacle. So let's say that now that we've located where this um, bizarre monster is hiding itself, uh, Mirren and Kit run towards the monster and yeah, so the small progress is, that they make is that they see the tendrils of the the monster's arms like, rising out of the earth feeling around for its for its foe and um the small progress that they have is that uh they are able to grab one of the tendrils and start like unburying the creature so they start revealing the creature and it's the monster in its entirety so that they can fight it let's roll again we got a four you advance with the help of an ally or a teammate add three <laughs> okay well so that was three um and we were at 18 so my friends we just hit 20 and when you reach 20 or higher you describe the victory rock and roll you guys so and this is with the help this is with the help of an ally or a teammate so uh thank goodness that we kept kit around we were able to save her so mirin um mirin and kit unveil like reveal this great monster uh wriggling in the earth and kit with her sharp claws sure why not uh with her sharp claws goes in and starts just like with efficiency like tearing at this monster um mirin starts you know attacking also with the laser boomerang but it's mostly it's mostly kit <laughs> let's be honest mirin's like helping on the sides mirin's like you know you know, he's still holding her her consciousness in his hand like a blanket. So he's mostly focusing on that and it gets harder and harder as Kit attacks and fights and kind of falls a little bit into her into her the instinct to fight. And as she's she's fighting and doing this and and Mirren is, is standing there focusing, um, the monster is defeated. And uh, thankfully before before Kit can, you know, then proceed to, like, Kit has the wherewithal to back away from them, or back away from the creature before she does it any too much damage. Marin can go in and carefully, with, like, the edge of uh, his laser boomerang, just kind of carefully slice open the monster's stomach. And there inside is this little parasitic creature, or also kind of octopus-like. Apparently I'm really into lots of little tendrils today. This little gray creature with like big googly eyes, like these big, like completely black 
googly eyes with like little white spots in them. It's it's like it's weird. <laughs> um, and just for the for the sake of of me wanting to enjoy the story, we'll say that the inside of the monster's stomach is actually made out of this clear bile um, that is odorless. Hey, so basically, Mirren takes a jar and kind of scoops the the unusual creature up into like with some of the uh in some with some of like the belly juices gross into this into this kind of jar this container and closes it and uh, puts it in his bag and uh he looks to cat and cat looks to him cat nods once and then turns around and takes off into the forest and uh Mirren waits a fair amount of time feeling like the farther away kit is from him he feels his hold on her consciousness on her on her human on her human consciousness or human memories um you know getting harder and harder to hold like the stretching of a rubber band as she moves away from him and you know when she think when he when Mirren thinks that um and when Mirren thinks that she's far enough away and he can't hold it anymore he lets go he hears her kind of howl in the distance and then he leaves. <laughs> uh, hopefully Kit will be okay. We didn't actually learn from Kit whether or not this was something that would be healed later, but who knows. Um, so Mirren returns. He decides to take the long way. He doesn't take the bike because he's hoping that Kit will need it again. He kind of ties it up against the tree, hoping no one will steal it. Uh, and then he takes a long walk back to the ship that he had taken from his mentor and he rides it back to where his mentor lives with his family and puts down this usual this uh, unusual creature and um yeah he does it <laughs> maybe maybe as he's flying he uses his space-time ability to get away faster because he knows that the the bounty hunter is probably still after him. Um, so he had to escape as quickly as possible. So like, that's the story, but we still have a bit of time on our hands. Uh, so I think maybe, maybe we send Marin on another quick mission. Yeah, well, why don't we send Marin on another quick mission to see if he can locate something else and we'll make it really quick we'll say that uh the goal is to go to 10 instead of 20 uh so that we can fill the rest of the time here because i'm actually really enjoying this um <laughs> it's it's this is this is really fun i i really like Mirren, um and i'm enjoying telling the story uh for those who have just popped in this is gameplay radio here on radio free brooklyn we tell stories we play games and today we're playing Interstellar Errands, uh, which is a role-playing game where you create a space-traveling person and go on errands for your tiny mentor. So that's what we're doing at the moment. Uh, and we're going to go into one more errand at the very end of this hour, just to kind of give it a little bit of extra adventure. Maybe on the way back, he has his own errand to run. Yeah, so on his way back with the unusual creature for his mentor, Marin has another... Um, has another errand to run. So let's see what that is, what he's looking for. So the mission, we're looking for a mystical artifact. Ooh, ooh, I like this already. 
we'll find it on a planet covered with uh, that was I got forest again, but let's not do forest again. So I'm gonna roll another time. Oceanic civilizations. Oh shit, we're going to Atlantis, y'all. Okay, uh, and the obstacle that we have to overcome is Galactic Empire soldiers. Okay, I have I have a story for this. I'm already I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> so. Uh, Mirren, this is not an errand for the Tiny Mentor. Uh, when Mirren was, uh, in, like, being arrested and gonna be thrown in prison for committing mutiny, he, uh, he had this precious artifact, um, the only remaining... The, the only remaining piece from his from his past uh, because he doesn't really have a family to, to go home to. Um, he doesn't really get along with them. They don't trust him. and um, He was raised in a society because time is kind of wobbly where people aren't as tethered to each other as they would be in other human societies and other alien societies because the idea is that they are... Um, trying to remain they're trying to remain untethered so that they can better manipulate and slide through time if you are tethered with people then you are more tethered to their fates um this is something that Mirren has pushed against in his life so he that's also partially why he has uh been separated from them but uh as someone who has the capability to ma manipulate and move through time he was gifted when he um, matured into an adult. He was gifted this, um, this, this, I mean, amulet is too strong of a word, but it's this like, it's this material, it's this material like on a, on a chain, it's this, um, this rare metal found in only specific meteors from like that uh when people look at where the material is from it's dated from like um the big bang the beginning of the universe these materials were extremely rare and hard to find and hoarded by uh Mirren's, um home and it's this the the idea of this artifact is that it is a connection to the entirety of time and space and it is a um, very important artifact for for his for his people. And um, he lost it. It was taken from him when he was arrested. So he wanted to go get it back on his way back to his tiny mentor with his unusual creature that he had rescued for him. Um, and Mirren and Mirren knows that there is a, a galactic empire base in this in this planet this ocean covered planet uh so he goes off to try to rescue it so let's see if we can do that really quick while we have a little bit of remaining time uh here and again right okay let's roll on the adventure table and again we're going to 10 this time okay we have a five which means that we use our unique, okay, 
which means that we use our unique skill in a brilliant way. Remember, I was getting it wrong before number five is unique skill. Uh, so it, we were at a one and now we can add four. Uh, so now it's going to be a five. We're already moving along pretty fast, which is really good. So we use our unique skill, which is the space time. As the ship enters the, the ocean and he finds himself like entering into this galactic base uh, of these soldiers, he... Hmm. So what he does is that he threw out, so as he moves through the space um, and kind of slides his way through uh, trying to sneak past people, what he does is that he kind of blends time for those around him because there are some people he's been, um, he, he's been out of this, uh, he, he escaped maybe like a year or two ago. So there are some new people, new soldiers in this empire who perhaps don't know him that well. Uh, so as he blends and of course, there are people who, in the soldiers who just don't care about it, you know, a prison vessel. So uh, as he goes through this place, he blends, kind of, he kind of blends time for those in like a specific area around him to kind of shift. So for those who maybe like remember this escape and remember this that uh, he is a he is a fugitive. Um, Kind of their their memories are blended into those of the of the younger soldiers who um like so that they're all kind of same like they all kind of match the same age so they all have like the memories of that same kind of period of time so that uh those who might remember him remember are more remembering um and more reenacting their behaviors at that specific time in their lives as opposed to their current timeline so um it's hard work. It's very hard work, but he is determined to make his way to this artifact and he is moving through. Okay, let's roll again. Okay, I got a two, um, which means you make small progress versus your obstacle and you get to add one. So now we're at a six. It's pretty good. Only four more points left. Um, so, uh, I mean, I, I think he's, he's moving along. We'll say his small progress is that he finds his way to the um, fi finds his way to like the confiscated materials room and manages to make a convincing lie uh, and especially with the with the overseer of this room um, as he is manipulating the the timeline energies of those around him uh, he makes, kind of some sort of lie that makes it seem like the overseer of the confiscated materials is in trouble and um, the overseer is someone who in his past was you know very anxious about that sort of thing immediately rushes out of the room so 
now he gets to search and find his artifacts. Okay, let's roll again. Uh, we got a three. Shit. Okay, so another obstacle is introduced and we have to subtract one from our progress. So now we're back at five, uh, which is an ideal, but we're only going to 10 for this round. So let's see. What other obstacle is gonna be introduced? Um, oh no. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so uh, on the obstacle table, I rolled a three and the three is your own self-doubt. <laughs> Oh no. Okay, so poor Mirren is as he's searching and he's and he's found this this artifact of his people and he's holding it in his hands. He's looking at it and he's thinking about um about his his family's tradition of being untethered and he's wondering why he's even going back at all. Um like what kind of and like whether he even deserves to like does he even deserve to have this device if he is using it in the service of someone who means something to him like why should this be the thing that he does you know like is this really the way of a person who manipulates space and time like is this really the way that he should be doing things and or should does he need to um is he something else entirely and in which case, what is he? So he's just kind of overcome with this emotion. Poor Mirren. All right, let's roll on the adventure thing again. Okay, I got a one, which, oh, fuck. No, uh, you make a catastrophic mistake. Oh no, uh, okay, so now we have to subtract two. So now we're back at three. Shit, you guys. Um, so we're back at three. And we're, we're running a bit out of time. So hopefully we can finish this up soon. Uh, so we, we made a catastrophic mistake. Uh, so, I, what I, so I think in the moment that, he, that Mirren is experiencing this horrible self-doubt, he drops his concentration. He drops his concentration on the blending of, of time realities and memory and um, and and as and he's like he's been he's been walking back trying to walk back to his ship as he's mulling this over and he realizes he's dropped it and immediately immediately some soldiers recognize him and they're like hey and um they're you know going after him now so uh now he he's in deep shit all right let's roll on the table again please let this be good yes 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 we got a six a six is great um with a six, you use your unique resource in a brilliant way and you add five. So now we're up to eight. Uh, we're two away from finishing off this little extra errand here. Um, and we get and we have to use our unique resource. So we have to use our laser boomerang in a way that will really help Mirren out here. So let's see. Um, Okay, so Mirren, in the midst of all of this chaos, is going to aim his laser boomerang straight down through the through the tunnel because he's, you know, around the docking area for these ships. 
and he's going to because it's an underwater base you know these are an oceanic civilizations that live here with the with the soldier base he's going to punch be like basically shoot a hole through the through the dock and basically like have it start to flood so he is essentially sinking this part of the docks and also blowing a, like wit washing away all the soldiers around him now he's put himself in danger um but he has escaped that and uh now he is swimming desperately toward his ship please let's see if he makes it okay we got ourselves a four yes okay so with a four uh on the adventure chart you advance with the help of an ally or a teammate and you add three that is over 10 which as we said before um or which as i said before is what we're going to for this little extra adventure here with Mirren. And um, yeah, so yes. So as he as he's swimming to his escape, he's being pulled back by the, the rapid force of the oceanic waters uh, coming into this underwater base. And um, as he does so, as, as he's like struggling and he's swimming and he's trying to get there, um, He has the, okay, I like this. I'm excited about this. He has the, uh, he has the artifact in his, in his hands and his, he has the artifact around his neck on the, on the chain and he's like swimming, swimming. And, um, he feels this sudden, this, the sudden mysterious pull, the sudden mysterious, like, um, he feels, he feels time slow. He feels the ocean, the right, the the waves of these of this great ocean that is filling his space. They start to slow down. They're not filling as fast, and he's not controlling it. He's not sure what it is, but he feels the um, the artifact on his chest begin to buzz hot, and he he has this moment where he's where he realizes that someone is helping him. Someone. Uh, tied through this this piece of of rock that uh witnessed the very beginning of time um has helped him connected with him in some way and he's not sure who it is he's he he doesn't know but someone somewhere has connected to him in this moment and seen it upon themselves to help him um yes it is a little deus ex machina but hey also it's a bit of a mystery right so uh He's so with this capability, with this like motion and the slowness, he's able to fight his way through the slowed waves, like with more ease, and make it to his ship and get away with his uh, with his artifacts. And he's not sure who helped him. And when he finally arrives back to his mentor's home and provides him with the. Uh, creature in a jar that he got for him um, he is still a little confused about what happens and he's gonna be thinking about it for a long time maybe even go on a journey of his own to try to find out who helped him and that's the end of interstellar errands a hey. <laughs> um, so I got really into that, as y'all can definitely tell. Uh, I had a lot of fun creating this character and this and this mysterious history. 
Um, I, I just, I had a great time. <laughs> uh, sometimes just like you get, like sometimes you just, you get a character in your head and it's really interesting. You find this kind of, and like, or sometimes I just get this character um, and I create it and, and they're so vivid and interesting and exciting. And it's so exciting for me to have this moment of realization of their story. You know, I feel like sometimes I'll create a character and I have no idea what their stories are, but I just like them as people. And then as situations arise, um, I find their place in their own story. And it's so exciting. It's so exciting for me. I mean, maybe, you know, it comes from the same places, you know, when you're a, a human in the world, you want to find your place in the universe. And maybe for me, telling stories is a way for me to have that re that's that realization, that satisfaction for someone else that I've created. Um, but who wants to, you know, therapize themselves on live radio? I mean, I guess I do. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, regardless, we're definitely out of time. So thank you so, so much for being here with me on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, this episode and all upcoming and future episodes will all be available on our archive, which is locatable on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Radio Free Brooklyn website. Uh, like for the rest of the month, we have some amazing guests in store. So please stay tuned. Follow me at follow uh, the Gameplay Radio Twitter, which is at Gameplay RFB. Or if you want to see my musings and my posts about the show, you can follow me at Erin is a bird. That's E-R-Y-N is a bird on Twitter. I post there occasionally and do a lot of retweeting. But regardless, um, happy new year. Uh, let's play some fantastic games. Bye, everyone.